Welcome everybody to episode 129 of your favorite podcast, The Dawson D Show. Thank you one and all for listening once again. And this week, guys, we've got an Australian pop star in the house. He's the winner of The Voice Australia 2022. It's Lockie Gill. We were so lucky to have Lockie join us in the studio for a chat. Not long after he released his brand new single, Sad Summer, which is smashing the charts and all over the radio right now. And let me tell you guys, it is absolutely blasting in the Dawson D household. So go and check it out if you haven't heard it yet, wherever you stream your music. Lockie was an absolute delight to have on the show. We covered so many areas, including the mindset before auditioning for The Voice and how he almost never went on. All the behind the scenes stories of what really goes on when the cameras are off on the show, the relationships with the judges, and of course, that huge moment when he found out he was a winner. Outside of The Voice, Lockie expanded on what happens now for him, including writing brand new music, working with a record company, and life as a pop star. Now guys, you're going to absolutely love this episode, so when you finish this one, we've got a few recommendations for you. Check out episode 51 with the OG Yellow Wiggle, Greg Page, episode 126 with John Satterley, who managed some of the largest bands in the world. And if you want a dose of reality TV, check out episode 104 with Love Island heartthrob, Matt Zikowski. As always, guys, hit that subscribe button, leave reviews, and follow us on all the relevant social media platforms. But now, let's get into the episode with the brilliant and talented Blocky Gill. Well, Doss, honestly, I mean this, I've had a couple of songs stuck in my head literally all day, <laughs> and it's amazing to be singing across from the artist. Lockie Gill, welcome to the Doss and D Show. Thanks for having me, boys. Oh, what? we're so excited, I'm mate. I'm going to put you on the spot. What song was it? A Sad Summer. Hey. It just can't, it, I, can't, I can't stop. I can't stop <laughs> listening to it. It's amazing. It's a great song. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. That's mate, what we wanted. Firstly, welcome, but then secondly, just what a couple of days it's been for you with that single. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's weird how songs can take a little while to catch on like in in any sense it's like for this it's been the radio it's like it started getting played on late nights which you know is 10 p.m onwards which you could say not too many people are listening to the radio maybe they are but you want to get into those you know drive home slots and things like that but every couple of weeks it's like oh it's been added to night so it's when at 7 p.m and now it's just work day so it's just can play at any time and i'm hearing it at 5 p.m. on the drive home and I'm just like, what is going That's on? That's crazy. So it's been, it's been great. What yeah. is that feeling like? Describe to, to us what it feels like to literally be driving or, or being in a cafe or being anywhere and your song is playing. Like it, I just can't even comprehend what that would yeah. feel like. Well, it still doesn't really make sense yeah. to me. Like I don't think you understand, mm. you know, how cool, that, like how big of an achievement that is because yeah. it's kind of happening and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, and it, and it happens a few times and you're just like, it's so weird that you just like can't really, you know, understand it. But yeah, I got in the car with a few friends the other day and listening to the Fox and it just came on and I'm just like... It just came on. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? What the hell? Because I get like people sending me messages being like, your song's on the radio and I, if I'm in the car, I'll flick it on and, and listen to it. But or you could just was go a, to Spotify and play it. Or I could go to Spotify <laughs> and play it. But that was the first time I'd actually heard it's it. Cool. And it's just like, yeah, this is sick. That's so amazing. hopefully that keeps going. Gosh, yeah. that's unreal. Fill us in, I guess, a little bit around before The Voice, right? Let's go back a little bit. We'd love this. Is, is this the first podcast interview you've ever done? Or have you done a couple? Um, I reckon I've done a couple. Maybe I don't want to offend anyone. But no, no. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> no you have, first proper yeah, one with the full setup. The you've, done, you've, done a few, the... you've done a few before by the sounds. But we'd love to hear it on the Dawson D Show. 
a bit of a, a background on the beginning. So you've been writing music a long, long time before the voice even yep. happened, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was writing music probably from eighteen. I'm almost twenty five now, a week away. Happy and birthday! <laughs> thanks, mate. What date? The twentieth. Close. I'm the eighteenth. Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> close. So yeah, I was writing from probably eighteen, which is kind of a late start in a certain degree of. Some people that I know that start when they're eight years old mm. singing songs, but I was a, a little bit later and found music at school and started doing it through year 11 and, and 12. And then, yeah, once I finished school, I was like, I wouldn't mind doing a few gigs and, and playing some music, you know, here and there. And so I started writing with that and it just got like bigger and bigger in terms of just people listening to me and going, that was really good. And you kind of hear that a few times. And you're like, oh, okay, like starts as a hobby and eventually you're like I want to do this properly so and I always knew that you couldn't really be an artist if you weren't writing your own songs Mm. um it never really made sense to me artists that are getting songs written for them it was sort of like no I don't want to be that be that guy so I just started writing heaps and you write some absolute trash to begin with (laughs) I mean, sometimes you think it's good and then you look back on it and you're like, wow. Can I ask, is a lot of it heartbreak related? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, (laughs) well, when you're writing your songs in your bedroom late at night, like most of my songs were coming to me at 10 p.m. onwards, you know, and it's like you're not exactly having the happiest thoughts when (laughs) when it's 10 p.m. and you're sitting in your room with your acoustic guitar. So (laughs) At least it's authentic. I always think about these sad songs that come on the radio and I'm like, these people that recorded these are sitting on millions of dollars. They just, they know it's going to relate to the everyday person, but they don't give a a shit. (laughs) Yeah, so it was like, it was a lot of sad music to begin with. And then, yeah, it got to the point where I was sort of confident enough to start writing with other people and, and, you know, doing a few writing sessions with other people and you can come up with some different things. It's not always sad because you, you mm. are in a studio or something, a bit more of a fun vibe and keep writing. But, yeah, so I released three songs before I went on The Voice. You know, that was partly what I wanted to do before I thought about a show because I had auditioned when I was 18 years old for The Voice. Okay. Nothing. How did that go? Well, terribly. Um, I knew nothing about the industry. I wasn't that great at what I was doing. And I just sort of thought, oh, this will be cool. Went there and luckily they they had seen that I wasn't quite ready. You know, it'd be pretty obvious to know that I wasn't ready or or good enough to sort of take that step. So they had said that to me. They said, go work on yourself, you know, maybe in a little bit of time, a couple of years, you can come back and... We'd be happy to have you. So I was sort of like, okay. I was so cut, you know, getting an email saying you're not going to get an audition. So you didn't even make the audition stage? No. So it was just for the producers playing for them. And, you know, I went away from that going, fuck you guys. Like, (laughs) I'm going to do this myself. Like, I'm going to go out, work out what sort of musician I wanted to be, what genre, what lane, and just work my ass off until I get the opportunities coming to me, not having to go out and and get them that's sort of what I wanted I wanted to be good enough that people like oh crap okay now he's now he's got his shit sorted so yeah just started writing heaps and heaps and then eventually yeah I think it was probably three years ago now two years ago I released my first song um belong and that was the first song that I was like happy enough for it to be put out to people you know all the songs before that I sort of liked but I didn't love enough to share it with other Mm. people so yeah from that point I I released a couple more and then got a Instagram message actually from 
one of the sort of scouts and people on on the voice just saying hey do you want to want to come back and and audition so they scout that's interesting yeah i didn't yeah. know that yeah i think they do it quite a lot i think um probably more than than what you'd think there is still organic sure you know auditions happening with people coming and and trying it out but i think to get to a standard that they really want in terms of having the best talent, sure. they have to go out and, and, and find it. Because some people, you know, are happy just singing in their bedroom or singing at the pub. They're not necessarily looking for a TV opportunity. Mm. But, you know, if they get someone message them saying, hey, do you want to come on? It's sort of... Yeah. They go, oh, that would be cool. Go yeah. on and tell you. That's sort of what happened to me, but it was more feeling super comfortable with where I was with my music knowing what sort of artist I wanted to be, what sort of music I was already writing and being old enough to sort of not exactly do it on my own terms because in that sort of situation you have to let yourself go a little bit, you know. You Mm. have to sort of go with the flow to a certain degree but I knew that if there was something that I wasn't happy with happening, I could shut it down and say, hey, I I don't want to be put up in that light or I don't want to come across as being fake when that's not really the, yeah, the story okay. whereas i think if i was 18 and i had a got on it would have just been like oh, okay you want to do that yep sure let's do that yeah of course and, and you just wouldn't even second guess it and then you might look back on it and be like oh god why did they I? took advantage of me yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so i didn't want to be that in that situation so it, it all worked out perfectly and i sort of came back and again i didn't do it on my own terms in the fact of like i want to do this i want to but it was just telling them how i felt you know, working with them to make sure that it was the right thing for me because I never wanted to come off the show and start doing what I actually love doing and I didn't want it to make zero sense to what was happening on the show. I wanted it to be nice, smooth. Oh, he was singing those songs on the show. Makes sense because he's making this music. That's interesting and we'll get into kind of the future and what's upcoming a bit later on. Before we kind of even get stuck into the voice, who who were your biggest like musical influences growing up? Yeah, so I like a lot of people get asked this question and they sort of have these like old <laughs> bands and artists that yeah. they're like, yeah. But I just don't think I had that sort of sure. influence when I was a kid. I mean, my dad listened to music and mum listened to music, but they never had those artists. Like I remember dad listening to like Silver Chair and and the Police and things like mm. that, but it was it was just it was jukebox kind of stuff. It was yeah, yeah. it was that it was that music you, they play in the car and you sort of don't really get too invested in it but i sort of in the artists like lewis capaldi dean lewis um surely lana del rey lana del rey (laughs) yeah dermot kennedy sort of that very raw beautiful voice that carried it rather than you know the pop stars yeah like i loved ed sheeran from the start but he was never someone that i looked up to and got super you know inspired by it was more those early stage people that are just super raw, super vulnerable, writing this great music. And that was where I was like, yep, yep. They're, they're the people that I, I want to be like. And is that how you kind of gain some type of skill through writing music? Is it through, for you, listening to those people write music? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can talk to my my sisters. When we all lived together, they'd, they would tell me to shut up at least 10 times a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be like, shut the fuck up and stop <laughs> singing. Like I, I would just sing nonstop wherever I was. I'd just sing, sing, sing. I never really had, you know, lessons or proper training in, in playing guitar or singing. It was just like I loved it. I mm. just loved it and I just listened to people so much that naturally I'd get 
bits and pieces from different artists of, of their styles, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you sound like this guy. And every, every person that they say, I'm like, yeah, it's because I listen to them so much, you know. Yeah, okay. And I'm not purposely trying to copy them and, and follow their style. It's just what I love listening to. So naturally I'm going to, you know, learn how to sing little bits like them or write similar style music to them. So Sure, yeah. Yeah, but I just I just – was singing a lot and then it just turned into a yeah, massive passion and I was just like, yeah, I have to do this. So good. Yeah. So take us to the blind auditions of The Voice or even prior to that, what's actually the process? Take us a little bit behind the scenes to, you know, being on such a huge show. What what are the lead up steps to, to that first or that blind audition that where we all get to see? Yeah, it's it's massive. There's such a long, long stretch of, of things that you need to do before you even get on the stage there's multiple sort of online elements where you got to put your application forward tell them about yourself and mm. and then you sort of I think I sent through some videos of me singing and then you go on to the next stage and you're singing for the producers um oh right okay yeah you go to you know wherever you go studio in the city and and sing for them and again you wait a week or two wait to hear back from them and then you get the all clear to go to Sydney and, and even once you get that sort of all clear, you go on to Sydney, you're, you're going to audition. It's not 100% that you're going to get on the show. Not guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely not. So it's like you could fly to Sydney, have your song ready. You could even perform an audition, but it may not make the, the cut for, for TV. So you're still always in that sort of feeling of like, oh, am I gonna am I going to get on there? But, yeah, massive process and then fly to Sydney and do we did I think we did a one sort of trial one one practice and then the real deal and it was terrifying oh <laughs> yeah what, what song did you sing I sung if the world was ending um, by was JP Sachs Julie yep. Michaels and yeah it's just got this very vulnerable start where it's like my voice is super low and when I'm nervous you can hear everything you know you can hear all the little shakes and and that was, yeah, that was pretty terrifying. And then it goes into a big bit and I'm sort of more comfortable in that big bit. But I, I've never felt nerves like I had on that day. How long did you have to wait there before you actually walk onto stage? Like yeah, you well there that, for hours? Or was yeah, well, that was the thing. So we sort of, I think my call time was maybe 7 a.m. And I was lucky because I was in the first group. I was actually second person to audition oh, right. for the whole show. Um, really? Yeah. For the whole season you were the second person to audition? Yeah, and I was the first... The first girl, she didn't turn a chair and I'm like, oh God, that's, and then so I was second and the first person to, to turn, turn a chair for the season. But um, Not just one chair. Yeah. <laughs> Got all of them. <laughs> but I did, I did wait sort of behind the stage for, for quite a while. You know, you go there and, and you think you're about to go on and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, hang on, they're, they're doing something. And I'm like, all right, so I'd have my last my last sip of water before I go out there, make sure, you know, my mouth's nice and wet and then... Guys, you give me anxiety. You know, and, <laughs> then, uh, and then it's like, all right, all right, you're almost uh, ready to go up. Yep, get ready. And I'm like, okay, this is it. And then it's like, oh, hang on, they've got to do something. And I'm like, all right, give me the water again. I'll take my last sip. Yeah, guys, Sebastian needs a little touch-up and make-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and by the end of it, I'm absolutely busting for a week. Oh, oh no. no. I'm like... Uh, is this is this actually going to be happening soon, or can I run to the bathroom? And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's happening. I'm, I'm like, okay, sip of water. <laughs> and then it eventually, eventually, it came around. That was after yeah, probably half an hour of 
proper standing, you know, side stage. And then it was like, all right, artist walking. And then you walk out, the doors open and you're just like, oh, crap. Oh, like, my yeah. God. Yeah, it was, it was seriously terrifying. Is there a part of you, though, like, as terrifying as it is in that moment, looking back, is there a part of you that goes, I'd love to go back into that moment again? Because even as scary and nerve-wracking mm. as it would have been, you're not going to get a feeling like that again. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would never change it. I'd, I'd always want to want to go do it again. But I, again, I, I think, you know, even after sort of all the experience and, and going through that, I still think if I was to go back and audition again for, for the same show, I'd still be pretty, pretty nervous because there's just so much going on. There's just so much going on and it's like you're trying to, focus on singing the song right and, and, and singing properly but then you've got all these other different elements that are, you know, adding nerves. You've got the coaches that have literally got their back to you with their chairs. You can't see them and you're just like... The biggest names in music. Yeah, you know? and everything's playing on your mind and you just there's just honestly so many things going through your head. Am I, am I going to get through? Am I going to get the words right? And there's cameras everywhere. It's just so foreign, so far from anything I'd ever done, so... Mm. I'm just sort of glad I've got the lyrics right. And <laughs> Do you think you song. ever feel like those kind of nerves again? Like, I mean, obviously, like we're talking off air about doing things like carols and these gigs that are all going to come in the future. But because of the unknown of that situation and you're trying to prove yourself and to the whole country and let alone four judges, but like do you think you'll ever feel that feeling of anxiety mm. or nerves again in, in terms of a, as a performer? I don't think it'd get to that level. Yeah. <laughs> Again. I just can't I'd, imagine it. I'm just mesmerised by it. It'd, yeah. have, it'd have to be a, a massive gig. It'd have to yeah. be a massive show, I think, to get anywhere anywhere close. Because, yeah. yeah, even some of the, the bigger ones that I've done since the show, it's like you, you naturally get nerves. I get nerves any time I perform, yeah, but sure. they're nerves that you can hold on to and, and sort of control um, to make sure that you still sing, sing mm. well. Those nerves I, I couldn't control. It's just like they're just... They're coming out and, yeah. and you're going to be able to hear it in my voice, but but it is what it is. And I think they sort of take it easy on on the artists as well yeah. because they know how scary it is, mm. you know. So a little bit of a shake in the voice, it's like that's how it is. They sort of see through that and they go, all right, this guy can, can sing beyond that. Like I don't think anyone would have sung their best in those auditions. Mm. Mm. I just don't think it would be possible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it just non-human. Like yeah. my friend um, Robbie Dolan, who was on the show, he was the jockey. He's probably the one exception okay. because he just doesn't feel nerves. I don't know if it's because he was so new to singing, like he'd never um, sung on a stage before. And he was just like, <laughs> yeah. I saw him backstage and he was just so chill. And I'm like, mm. do you understand what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. And he's just happy like he's like i'm ready to get out there in his accent i can't do the accent <laughs> yeah he was just so chill about it and just didn't really feel nerves but i think other than him everyone would have been feeling it yeah yeah and then you obviously have the tough decision to choose a, a coach mm. that's that's nerve-wracking in itself as well because you've got four people sitting there to choose from and you know you've got guy sebastian keith urban Rita, obviously who was your yep. coach and jess mowboy like Personally, I choose Keith. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he loves. He went the other night. Actually. Yeah, I love Keith. Yeah, um, he's a legend. My family, we just love Keith. Mm. But mate, that must have been hard too. Yeah, it was. I like. It's funny. I sort of went into it going, I don't care who my coach is. If I get through, happy days. Like all of them are great. But they sort of want to know who you want to choose. You know, they sort of. I don't know if it's. Oh, prior to. 
prior to you going out there, oh, yeah. they sort of ask you, know, who would you go with if, if they all turned and you're sort of like, oh, I don't care. You know, eventually I was sort of like, yeah, I'd love to be with Guy because I think I can see myself getting along with him and, you know, actually being mates with him beyond the show and things yeah. like that. Not that I wouldn't with the others, but I don't know, just that sort of... It's relatable as Yeah, well. relatable, yeah. sort of same lane. He goes for the crows, I go for the crows. So it's like... <laughs> it's all footy. Yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be best buds. So I was like, yeah, Guy. And then, you know, after I performed, they're all turned around. I'm like, oh my God, I can actually go with Guy here. And then... <laughs> He gets blocked and I was like, okay, you know, I've got to choose on the spot. Like out of the other three, I'm like, oh my goodness. So that was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't that big of a deal to me. You know, it was like, oh, it can't be Guy, right? It's going to be Rita Ora. Like, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Whoever the hell it is, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It it was funny because I'm very much a realist in in the way of like, I would rather a coach look at me and go, that wasn't your best performance. You know, you did this okay, but I think you really need to work on this rather than someone going, that was amazing, you're incredible, you're going to be an absolute star. And that's what Guy did when they got a chance to talk. He said it how it is. A lot of it got cut out, so it sort of seems like he was being nice, but the stuff that got cut out, it was like he was pretty brutal. Okay. Really? Yeah, he was pretty brutal. He was like, I know that wasn't your best performance. You, you know, your nerves took over and it didn't sound great and and this and that and i'm sort of like oh like wow it was going from this big high to like just absolutely shut down <laughs> but i'm like that's what you want yeah in someone that you know is going to coach you it's like you want someone that's going to be honest with you not pump up your tires of all course. the time and then help you work on those things so yeah very much so i was like oh i want to be on guys team but it didn't work out that way and Sort of turned Who out. Who knows? Turned if, you out went for the best. if you went with Guy, you might not have won. Well, that's the thing. His team was absolutely stacked with amazing singers, so it could have been different. Mm. What's your relationship with the coaches as the show goes through? Like, how much time do you actually spend with them um, day to day? And yeah, what what's the process behind the scenes? Yeah, so I would say that you don't spend a whole lot of time mm. with with the coaches. I don't know whether you know COVID and and the situation that was going on. Yeah had a play in that because, you know, we were genuinely studio, back to hotel, staying in the hotel and, you know, had to order your groceries online and get them dropped off. With, oh, right. Because that was the time when, you know, COVID was yeah. going nuts. Yep. And it's like if you happen to get COVID, like you're in you're in big strife. Like yeah. that could stop the whole, the whole show. So, yeah, I don't know oh, if right. previous years that they were catching up with their coaches outside of the show, you know, going for lunch. I, I have no idea. But in this season, it was it was very much so. You sort of saw them for the filming aspects, and that was that okay. was kind of it. But you have a massive team working with you and helping you through sort of every step. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a big music team that can help with with the songs and the arrangements and things, and then the coaches are sort of doing bits and pieces and and more sort of a, a bit of that mentoring side and like mental stuff, I guess. Yeah. Sort okay. of, yeah. How long is the production? You know, from the day you walk in, I'm assuming you don't come back to Melbourne at all, except for maybe before the finale. But then again, I, I don't know. How long is the whole time? Yeah, so we're filming probably for two and a half months, two months. And for me, again, it wasn't ideal, but I had heaps of shows and like weddings sort of booked in around that time. So I actually was flying back to Melbourne a fair bit just wow. to do these do these weddings and then heading back up. Did they compensate you financially, by the way? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did. You were, you were sort of on like a bit of an allowance. It was okay. more for, for food. But you covered, you know, yeah. accommodation and, and flights and things like that. But yeah, I was I was coming back and, and playing a wedding or coming back playing a, a little show or whatever and and because I didn't know how far I was gonna get through. You know, this was in the early stages where it's like I could be sent home next week and I don't really wanna miss out on these prior commitments that are, you know, helping me financially and I've also committed to these people. Mm. But when I went back in January, it was like, No, you're you're staying here. No one's leaving. You know, not like not held as a prisoner, but <laughs> but it was like do not leave your room. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like no, like we we highly recommend that you you stay here if you want to at least have the best chance of of getting through. And because again, me traveling gave me more chance of bloody getting COVID or something going wrong, and I couldn't make it back for filming, and that could you know be the end of me. So yeah, all of January I was there. December yeah was on and off, but yeah probably two and a bit months all up. Yeah, you film everything and then the show goes to air maybe three, four months later. And you have yeah. to obviously keep quiet about everything. Yeah. Oh, that would be the cheese. that's bloody hard. Yeah. Oh, right when I asked that question, I just realised that you were with everyone when it got announced. Yeah. Like you, it, wasn't, it wasn't live, it was pre-recorded. Yeah. But I can only imagine how, like you're sitting there with everyone that you love, all your friends, all your family, you know that, well, that surely a couple of them know. Well, well so, so I didn't know... Oh, you boys don't know. Oh either. no, I, I yeah. think I do. I just realised they yeah. they record two two or three reactions. So they? so they actually recorded all four, <sighs> all four of us winning um, on that last day of filming. We all stand on the stage and 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 Sonia says, and the winner is Faith. And then you go, wow! Like, <laughs> oh my god, she sings her winner single, and then it's like cut. And the winner is. Locky and, and you go... First I let ah. down. <laughs> oh, that hurts. <laughs> that really does. Sorry, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so do I. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> we were just shocked. <laughs> yeah. Was it, does that mean I was a good actor? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so it was, it was very strange. But I think by the end of the filming, you, that switched on to like the cameras and how things work. You're just like, all right, this is another part of the, the show. It's like... You know, you almost put yourself in the shoes. How would I feel if I actually did win? And then you give that reaction. Obviously, it's still... Don't, don't overcompensate. Yeah, obviously <laughs> yeah, it's still... Just running around the <laughs> stage yeah, yeah. crying. But you're like, you yeah. know, how would I feel yeah. if I was to win? That's and then hard. you put yourself yeah. in those shoes. But yeah, so I didn't actually know. So I spent however long, I think it was probably three, four months um, before the final came around that I had no idea. I knew I was in the top four and I couldn't share that with, with anyone, but... I didn't know who was who was going to win until that night that everyone watched it, and I was watching the the TV. I, yeah, I, I, there's a video of me um, watching it with all friends and family. I actually we organised a, a cinema to watch it in because yeah. we just wanted to have the best experience. And I was, you know, that was the first show that I was singing. I think I sung three songs on the mm. on the finale. So I was like, whatever happens, at least I've got three performances that everyone can watch. And we all packed into the the cinema. Good old Hoyts Frankston. No, nice. we're actually at Southland. Nice. Yeah. Grab yourself some popcorn, guys. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we, we got in there and I'm, I'm sort of looking around just going, oh, shit, like I might not win. Like this is going to be so bad. <laughs> like oh. this is going to be – like I don't know. Everyone's got their cameras out, you know, waiting. Imagine if <sighs> – oh. Like I didn't think about it until we're all in there. I'm like, oh, my God. 
you know, and I spoke to um, a few people about it. And they're like, we're going to be happy regardless. You got into the final. And I'm mm. still like, geez, that would be a flat moment. Like, Flat as like, a biscuit. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like get me out of the cinema. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it was it was a great last show, and it's good to have everyone there, regardless of what happened. And turned out great that I had all my family and friends there to celebrate mm. it with me. Before we kind of move on from the voice, is there something that stands out to you? Like one thing that you might have learnt, like a piece of advice that you were given was just the biggest light bulb moment that's really helped you both, like one of the coaches or just some, or even just being around so many people and being around productions and all that sort of thing. Is there anything that stands out that you really like and learn? I think a lot of people had sort of the same thoughts on my situation and, and definitely Rita had the same thought. It was I wasn't the, the biggest voice or the, you know, sing the highest or the lowest, but I had my own thing going on, mm. you know. They loved my tone. They loved my connection with the songs. So... It was sort of a realisation of like stop stop looking around, stop looking and comparing yourself to these other singers because they're doing what they do really great and I'm doing what I do really great. And yeah. you can't put them to side by side and say that that person's better than that person because you're just completely different. It took a while for me through that process because you are standing next to these amazing singers and yeah. these amazing musicians that it's hard not to compare yourself to them. And so, yeah, early stages I was, I was doubting myself, like why am I even here or how am I even getting through? And eventually it was like, no, you're getting through because you're great at what you do. Yep. You've got something different and something special. Just keep going with that. Don't try and change and don't try and sing different because other people are doing that. It's like you do what you're doing and, and do it as best as you can mm. and, and it'll sort of speak for itself. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I have to – I do have to ask this, right? So watching the telly the other night, Australian Idol's coming on. Yep. Right? It's about to start. <clears throat> and I couldn't help but just laugh. I, we, we actually cringed a little bit. But it must be how they do it, the, 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 the magic of, you know, magic of production on TV. But – they did a, an audition at this guy's house, but they made it out like he didn't know it was happening. But then he answered the door with his guitar in his hand. <laughs> um, and then he played a song in front of Amy Shark and the parents are in the window, in the background. like put perfectly behind where he's playing, just like... As if, as if they stumbled across it randomly. Yeah. And, and then gets the card to go to Sydney and um, all the family hugging and we, and then it went to like, you know, coming soon or whatever and we just, we just laughed our heads off like, is that what it's like? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think once you go and experience it for yourself, you never see it the same. Yeah. You just, you know, and, and at the same time, I'm not, I'm not at all throwing dirt on no, it. It's no. like it's a lot of the time they need to do this to put on a good show because the old formats of shows, it's just so much stuff goes wrong. They need to cover all bases. And they're storytelling. Yeah, they need yeah. to cover all bases. That it needs to be efficient. They can't stuff around. Like they want to make sure that if they go out and, and film something, they know what they're doing and, and they get the right right bit of, you know, content for the show. It's like it, as much as you're like, oh, they're lying to me and stuff, it, it, it does make for good TV. And, it, and I think as well the way the world's working, you can't have that sort of unpolished raw stuff on on tv anymore because so many things can go wrong and it yeah. can look really bad so they sort of mm. eliminate all that by by that pre-recording stuff and and sort of having a bit more of a plan before they 
before they go into yeah. things. But it was definitely a big shock. It was. I it mean, was, he could have left the guitar aside, you know, like you know, yeah. <laughs> instead of answering the door with the with the acoustic. Yeah, you know? it, it is funny. There is still some elements, you know. I knew there was on the season before me. There was these the brother and sister, um, Sienna and Jordan, and Jordan was auditioning, and his sister was was there, sort of supporting him. And I see where this is going. Yeah, and they just came up to her and said, "Do you want to audition as well?" And I, when I heard it, I'm like. There's no way yeah. she knew, you know, she knew, but it genuinely, you know, she got told and she had maybe, you know, an hour or whatever it was to, to practice an audition oh. um, and ended up doing amazing. Like she's got a beautiful voice. Like we're talking in studio. Yeah. Like, she, oh. was, she was actually in Sydney with her brother supporting, wow. supporting oh. him and they just came up and said, you know, we know you sing. Do you want to, while you're here, audition? And she did. So it's still reasonably real like it's not all yeah. all fake like it there's of a lot of stuff that is genuine and and real but there is obviously things that they need to sort of have a plan for mm. so i can only imagine that that idol one was i mean well, well and I, truly set up i and, just and you planned. know i just i, I believed in santa claus all those years i was lied to you know <laughs> the voice lying to me no nah, it's just a skeptic now, I, yeah. no. I am excited to see um australian idol though yeah just to Good see, to see if, if they still have those same yeah elements of, of and I have seen a few on the ads where they've got the the not so good singers. Oh yeah, they're the best and, ones. And, yeah. and people love that, but I sort of thought that that might have been um, taken out of you know TV and yeah. just because of like it's just it's well, so that, horrible. That used <laughs> so to be if if I was feeling down when I uh, used to live with my ex partner, that's what we would do. Really, is we'd go on YouTube and just type in you know worst and funny auditions I know, on so X Factor it, with. Simon Cowell and all the like, yeah. it, and it's just hilarious. Yeah, like, well, when people think people think they can sing, and they're not I know. good singers, and it's sort and of you like, feel sorry for them, but you it's, do. It's fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> no. the only reason I feel sorry for them is because it's like it's not them; it's the people around them. It's yeah, like, where true. are their mates? Where are their friends? Where, are, <laughs> like, who's telling them that? Hey, maybe you should. <laughs> You should do. You should do this. You shouldn't go on the show. You shouldn't go in front of the whole of the country you know. and really embarrass yourself. <laughs> there actually is footage of coming, but it's yeah, it's a mother-in-law and her or her daughter-in-law, and obviously the mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law is there, and she thinks she's so delirious. But yeah, you know, so maybe they do just think they're. It's crazy how it comes to that point because you know I might tell my mate that he's doing good even if it's not that great. But if it got to the point where he's putting himself out there, I'd be like, hey, man, I think you should should think about it. Maybe yeah. Maybe practice for another. So when you say I'm a good singer, or so. you don't no, really you're a good, good singer. Well, again, it's the company you're with. Maybe <laughs> in comparison to Lockie, but in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember that guy in Idol? He sang Push Up, and he ended up with a ended uh, up doing quite well for himself. So well, that's it. Sometimes it, it, it sometimes it works. And out. some of them are going on their purpose. Yeah. Like you know, trying bit. to make a fool of themselves to mm. get a viral video or something like that. You just yeah. Was there anything? Was there any moments that they told you to do something, and you're like, this is just so cringe or cut and you have to redo it again and again and again like to a point of frustration was there any of those moments or was it um not really and maybe that was because i'd sort of spoken with them about not like these are these are my conditions yeah. or else i won't do it but just sort of setting out a few of my sort of boundaries boundaries yeah. with 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 it and with tv and and i just sort of said you know even with my backstory because they need a story you know they course, need yeah. they need something to be like, hey, that's the guy that, that does this. It's very easy for audiences to go, oh, I know that guy. He was the 
footy player or he was the jockey. Yeah. Like it's, it's easier for the audience. So I understood that you needed a backstory, but I just never wanted to be that guy with, with the sad story because I'm like, you know, everyone has something sad going in their lives. You know, mm. everyone's lost someone or everyone's gone through this. It's like, unless it is a part of who you are and it, and it has played a big part in, in shaping who you are, I understand if that's the route, the route that they go down to sort of, you know, form their music and stuff. I understand why they choose that story. But for me, it was like, oh, I don't want to tell you that, you know, my grandpa passed away just to try and get people to sympathise with me. Yeah. It was like, no, I, this is what I do. I'm a teacher. I play footy and I do music. And that was sort of it. So I'm like, that's what you can do. So I was pretty firm from the get-go with with things. So there wasn't really any moments that I'm like, oh, no. Nah. Because, again, there was there was times when I'm like, oh, that's a weird song choice. I was already there and I'm like, you've got to just, you do to a certain degree, you have to go with the flow and, and listen to them and, and take on yeah. board some of the ideas or else yep. either they won't, they won't want you there because you're just being super boring or, you know, you won't learn or grow from doing different things. So when they gave me the song Deja Vu mm. by Olivia Rodrigo, that was a moment when I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting song choice. And I was sort of like, oh, I don't know if that's me, but we sort of worked on it and I was like, stop it. Let's, yeah. let's give it a go. And it turned out to be my favourite performance okay. of the whole, the whole journey just because it was different to me. I got to go outside my comfort zone, move around a little bit, take the mic and I wasn't really dancing, but move around a little bit at least and I loved it. Yeah, cool. So there was moments when I was like, oh, let's give it a go. You know, I'll trust you guys. But no moments when I was like, no, nah, yeah, definitely cool. not doing that. So yeah. So how quickly is the process then to you win? You know, you become a part of a record label. You sign your deal, and you know your your single is released, and then all of a sudden now you you continuing to write music. You know, and and now you you've got somewhat of a a brand or a personal brand to uphold, and you've got ambassador commitments, and you're doing this and that. How quickly does all this just become reality? Yeah, it happens very quick an hour quick like I think I went to bed at 4am that night when I found out because I was just on top of the moon and we just went back to my place and I was with my family you know drinking and oh, wa yeah. watching back the show on the telly and, <laughs> yeah. and all this and then I woke up at 5am and and had a car picking me up from my place um, taking me into the city to do tv and, and radio wow. I think I did yeah 25 radio interviews that next day in, in the one day and two two TV um, appearances as off well. Off one hour sleep. Off one hour sleep. <laughs> oh. and Lucky for those eight vodka <clears throat> Red Bulls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was seriously, I, it, it didn't wear off for days. Like yeah. I could have just kept going and I was just I so happy to just talk to anyone and everyone. Just like I was, I was so happy. So, yeah, I think I did maybe six or seven in the car on the way up there. Just on answering the just radio, you know. I had a little schedule from... From my publicist that I'd been given mm. that day. <laughs> Did I give you a script? Um, no, nah, no script. It was cool. actually kind of a bit risky on their behalf, just sort of letting me <laughs> let me out into the wild without sort of, you know, giving me any sort of pointers or anything. It was sort of just like be yourself. Because you, know? you look at, like you, you, you played footy, mm. obviously probably wanted to play AFL one day. You look at all those players, they're all media trained, you know, mm. so they know what to say straight mm. away. But, but it's interesting to hear on your side, Right after you won, you, it wasn't that way. No, nah, and I think, I mean, you sort of learn stuff throughout the show in yeah. terms of 
interviews and cameras and things like that. But no, it's just very much so. Here's your schedule. Who's gonna? Here's who you're gonna talk to, and off you go. And it was a bit scary because there was a bit of controversy with with like me winning about you know being the being the white guy on the show. It oh, sort really? of brought up all these other issues. You know, which which wasn't the case. You know, I was very close with the other three, and we were all so excited for each other, regardless of who won. So it didn't really play on my mind. But the first interview I answered, the first question was, "How do you feel being the white guy that won the show?" And I'm just like, "I'm like, what? Like this is off one hour sleep. I had no time to look at any messages, at any articles. Like I didn't have enough time to reply to my mates. I'm not going to go scroll the internet and find out what's being said." That was the first question and I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just like, I'm not what sure. What an unbelievable question. Yeah, and I sort of just bypassed it and then sort of more interviews brought it up and I'm just sort of like, you know, I, I think that's just, I don't know where I got it from but I'm sort of okay at talking to people and yeah. I know when the right thing to say, like, you know, and I knew that that wasn't something that I should spend time on and no. give them an answer. So it's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, I'm just happy people voted for me to be the winner and, and that's that. And then they kind of go, okay, he's not going to mm. give us anything. Let's talk about other stuff. So it was scary in a way and a little bit daunting, but at the same time I was on top of the world. So I was just like, you know, let's just chat. I yeah. just can't believe that like it's your first day literally mm. and they're trying to get you to stumble and say something that could totally just derail everything you've just done. Yeah. It's just anyway. Yeah. But, but I think that's, you know, that's, know. that's media and that's what, what happens. You know, there's always got to be something because at the end of the day, like us as the consumers, you do naturally click on the of course the clickbait titles <laughs> and, and the controversy. And you're like, oh, what's going on? You know, no one sees, you know, the teacher from Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, well, um, just to let you know, like the show will, the headline will be White Boy Wins a Voice. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who taught at an orphanage in, in, in Africa. <laughs> That's so, how we'll spin it. So I do understand it, but it was just a little bit unfortunate because I was so close with the other three and, and it was such a happy moment that, you know, was getting a little bit of, of, of backlash for whatever reason. But it lasts a week. People forget about it. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a wasn't a big issue for me so now again so much has happened you're releasing singles you're having video clips made music videos made (laughs) (laughs) close enough i was back in vh1 for a second (laughs) 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 Um, and now you got universal and you got your management and all like everything just happened so quickly like it's what's how is your life changing you're probably getting recognized all the time what are like the key elements of your life yeah. that is totally just flipped and are you enjoying it or yeah i'm loving yeah. it so i realized i didn't answer like any of your questions no, <laughs> <laughs> i did think that i'm like oh tell you ask it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right, mate. yeah no it's been great like i was talking to you boys before we jumped on it was like i've just been given all these people i've been given the management you know signed to an agency you've got the universal music a team within that that are helping me out and it's just all turned out amazing like everyone i'm working with uh, great my manager's an absolute legend and yeah. it's just like they really want me to succeed That's so great. you know from the back of the show it was like all right sit down let's plan it out what do we want to do you know these are going to be the opportunities that come up do we want to go down this road um, oh cool do we want to do this it's you know they they sort of set the scene for a few different scenarios and so when you say those scenarios do you mean is this like hey we're going to release 
these albums in this order? Is it, are you going to do more TV appearances? What are the scenarios? Well, so it's even, even more so the bigger picture. It's almost like, hey, you've just won the show. You could spend the next six months, 12 months absolutely grinding and playing everywhere and, okay. and getting as many opportunities as possible and just taking everything that comes and you'll make good money. You know, you'll be out there for a year, but it won't necessarily be beneficial to a long career. Sure. Won't last in forever. music. It won't last forever. And that's just the sort of option that you could take. Or we could go down the road of not worrying too much about, you know, trying to get on the on the train of the voice while we, while everything's, you know, hot and Le- leave I'm a celebrity for another few years. Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe be a bit more methodical and, and think about the the different opportunities, maybe choose the ones that are gonna be most suited. Let's just spend a bit more time maybe creating the music, getting yep. the music ready and setting ourselves up for the future. Because at the end of the day, I've won the show, but that doesn't make you now an Australian you know, pop star or you know, bona fide artist. It's like, if anything, it's almost like harder because now I'm the guy from The Voice and you know, it's, it's easier to not be as credible. Sure. Because you were just on a TV show and now you've, you've got these people listening. It's like, oh, it's only because you were on the show. Whereas I wanted to write music, get myself set up to the point where it's like, let's release music and force people to go, he's not just the guy off The Voice, he's actually an artist and he wants to be here for longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. And who cares about, you know, the hype around the show and, and trying to get that traction from the show. It's like doesn't matter if, if that dies off, let's build it. Yeah, you know, I like let's, that. Let's release music, good music that, you know, builds you organic fans and, and followers. To a point where it almost you forget that it was the voice that, yeah. like obviously you'll never forget that, but it's like Guy Sebastian's a great example. Yeah. You almost just forget where he came from. Like he started with Australian Idol. Like it's in the back of your mind, but now it's more than he's a winner of Australian Idol season one. He's yeah, yeah. Guy Sebastian. He, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's heaps of, I think... Internationally, there seems to be uh, more recognised artists coming from, you know, shows these days. But I think it still happens, you know, in Australia. But people like Callum Scott, mm. it's like you forget that he was True. on a TV show and now he's... I didn't know he was on X Factor yeah. until, like, I saw that video when he got the well, golden buzzer. Thing, and, and that's based off his probably 100% dedication and hard work once the show finished to actually put out good music and and work his ass off to make sure that people don't yeah just remember him for a, for a show they go oh he's got that song that did really yeah. well you know and you and you're remembering them from the music that they made not from seeing them on TV. Yeah. Well, on that note, and I actually was going to ask this earlier, and I, I must have just forgot about it, but did that thought stop you from potentially auditioning again? Because mm. you do hear that like oh well oh if someone goes on say a, a singing show it's almost like cheat code like you're getting publicity straight up like you hear people go no i want to do it naturally i want to become an artist on my own do it the right way mm. what what are your thoughts on oh 100 yeah. percent. that was probably the one thing stopping me from going back on because they had asked me pretty much every year from 18 being like hey you're gonna come back and i'm like nah 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 and then eventually i'm like had that chat with them about it i'd spoken to you know, two of the producers and we ended up on a Zoom chat for probably two hours just talking about things. And I, again, I just laid out things saying like, 
you know, how come there hasn't been a, a massive, you know, artist that's that's gone nuts on the show recently? And, you know, all these sort of questions that I had around that because I, I did, there was, you know, all these stories about just what happens to the winners. Like it's just, it's no point of going on a show because it, there's no pathway after it. So it was definitely on my mind. But the main thing that they would say, it's like, it's completely the balls in your court. Like mm. a lot of people might win a show and think, oh, great, I've won a show, I've got a recording deal. Like happy days, like it's all going to start happening now. And they sort of just sit on that and, and think that, you know, people are going to come with, to you with these opportunities, you know. It's going to be super easy because you've just won a show. It's like it's not. No. It's not how it works. It's like that's, it when, now. that's when it starts. It's yeah. like. You're now in the public eye and you've got a little bit more of a, a little bit more recognition and, and more people watching and listening to your music, but you've still got to put in the work to st- stick around, you yeah. know? And, and so they said that to me and I was kind of like, well, I'm going to work hard after the show regardless of whether I get on TV once or, or win, which I never thought was an option. Yeah. Never once thought that I was going to win, but I knew whatever happened, I was going to work my ass off yeah. after it. That's great. To again, to get to the point where people are like, oh no, he is an artist. He's not just a singer on a show. So I don't know if, if you know, it is harder being someone that has won because there is this like thing hanging over their head of like, you know, they're the winner of a show. They're not a real artist. I'm not sure if that sort of outweighs the positives of now having the resources from the label and things like that but for me it it sort of doesn't matter it's like I'm just gonna work for however long it takes to for something to pop off and Mm. and and happen and and stay in the music industry love it Mm. um we're gonna get to I've just got one more question because we've got a heap of fan questions are we gonna ask all of them not all of them we'll get (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot so we'll just get through a few of them but just quickly like do you have pressure to pump out a certain amount of songs now and or do they want quality over quantity? I'm not asking necessarily what you want, but did a, did a record deal come to you and say, hey, we need to pump out X amount of songs, almost like we're, we're talking off air about TikTok and putting out heaps of content because eventually one's going to pop off. Is, it, is there a similar kind of thought to music or is it like, no, let's work longer at more quality that it, rather than let's just get heaps out and see mm-hmm. what goes? No, nah, definitely it's it's still getting the best songs you know however long it takes you to write a song that you think can can do well that's that's what it takes there's a lot that goes into putting out a single yeah you know a lot of money a lot of time a lot of people involved so you're not going to put that effort in for a song that you don't even believe in yeah you know or that no one thinks that it has a potential to go big it is very much so let's write until we hit an absolute banger that we think yeah. and then we can go into releasing it is there timelines there is there is rough timelines they always seem to sort of get pushed out yeah. because there's Life so much happens. yeah because there's so much that's involved and everything seems to you know take its own little bit of time that just adds to the overall timeline being thrown out but um for me it's just singles at the moment so we yeah. haven't actually sort of um put in time to thinking of an album or you know, I've got heaps of music there. So if yeah. that if that comes to being what it is, we'll we'll be ready. But it's it's more just at the moment, sort of singles, putting songs out because it's still in like the early stages of of me as an artist. Yeah, and, of course. And mm. finding, you know, I mean, I've found what I enjoy 
making and, and I'm always going to do that. But even finding the fans and, and working out what is going to be doing the best for me because I was doing sad songs all through the show, you know, and I, I love writing sad music and releasing sad music, but I also love pop music and, and music that's up and about, but I just never had the resources mm. to make that sort of music. But yeah, now okay. I'm working with producers and things like that that can help me to make that type of music. And so I can put it out, but my fans and people that enjoy my music may not love that as much as they love the sad stuff. So it's still like a bit of trial and error, like experimenting with, okay, what what actually does do the best? Put out an upbeat song, see how it goes. Put out a sad song. All right, that's what people love. Let's keep writing more Did I sad sign music, off on you know? It? Like yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's lots of people that are, are working with me, but there's no like... There's no boss. There's no yeah. there's no overriding boss that goes, no, you can't put that song out or we're putting that song out if you like it or not. It's like let's look from a strategy point of view, let's think about it properly. This song's really great and it has the potential to do this, but it might not be the right fit for right now. For Sad Summer, it was like this is a great time to release a fun sort of summery vibe even though it's called sad summer it is quite a it's upbeat yeah upbeat makes song, you feel good you know and it's like <laughs> very contradicting and it's yeah. like to release that in the middle of winter may not be the best bet the weather's bloody good now or well, it's not quite we're in melbourne <laughs> we're still in melbourne but like you know what i mean the yeah. warm weather's coming around it's going to be a good chance for when we're thinking about it oh if it gets on radio they're gonna love it because you know they love playing sort of Fun, happy yeah. songs on Window the down, yeah, sunrise exactly. open. That's the vibe, yeah. So there's lots of things that you think about when you're releasing, but I don't think anyone really knows. Sure. So it is very much so just like we love this song. There's, you know, however many people, 10, 10 people weighing in on this song. If 10 people love it, it's got a good chance of gotcha. lots of other people loving it. Yeah. Well, mate, everyone's loving Right now, sad summer. Everyone's going ballistic on it. We've got a few questions here from all those beautiful people that uh, awesome. that you've got following you. Uh, and thank you for sharing that because off the back of that, <laughs> mate, all your fans have just come in. Uh, we should have said one question each, guys. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them are asking like three. I like, loaded up. I love this yeah. first one because uh, it relates to, uh, I guess, your backstory. Will Lockie get to perform at the 2023 AFL Grand Final? That was, and give her a shout out. That was uh, Judy.Kelly. Judy. Thank you, Judy. Well, I, I mean, I don't have any goss for you. I'm not, not like locked in. But, Ooh, I, would, <laughs> but I would love to. Yeah. I would absolutely love to. And I wanted to do the 2022, but it just no opportunity sort of came up for that. But I would, I would love to. That's always going to be on my bucket list as a, oh, yeah. as a footy player. It's like that would, be, that would be sick. I played a show at the MCG just for a match, a Melbourne match um, during last year. And Was that a Carlton game? Wasn't North Melbourne, Melbourne, was Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne, Brisbane. Maybe it was, okay. but that was pretty surreal moment. Like playing at the MCG. Yeah, of course. Like, I would have loved to be running out there as a footy player, but that didn't work out. So Wanna now see, I'm here you, as a singer. You and you, well, Vance Joy has a background in footy too. Yeah. So yeah. you and him will get along well. Well, maybe me and him can do yeah. a duet. Oh, that'd be good. At the grand final. Come on, Gil, get it done. <laughs> Chloe underscore Legato underscore music. What inspired you to write songs? So I actually wrote my first. It's quite a sad story. I don't know if we want to get sad, but. My friend, one of my best friends when we were 16, he passed away, committed suicide when I was, yeah, 16. And that was so heavy at that time. It was the first experience I'd had with suicide and, you know, I hadn't really, it never affected me and never really affected the people around me. And 
you know, off the bat of that, it was like, wow, like I was obviously feeling some crazy emotions from that. And I just started learning how to play guitar. And I was like, I really want to write a song for him and, and, and about this, whether it can, you know, help other people or, or whatever it was. So I actually wrote a song about that and I put it up on Facebook. And not really many people knew that I had even, that I sung or that I played guitar. Um, but I put it up on, on Facebook. Don't think Instagram was even around back then. Um, and obviously the, the connection to my friend Justin, everyone was like, wow, that is just amazing. But then it just it, it reached a whole new level of people and just the response from it was, you know, incredible. And I obviously didn't do it to get that. It, no. wasn't, it wasn't for that. It was for myself, you know, to sort of release some of the things I was feeling. But after that, it was kind of like, wow, like, you can sort of really affect people with music, you know, in very positive ways and, and help people through things. And I was like, wow. Mm. And like that was my almost my first time trying to, to write something. And, yeah, so from then on I'm just like I'm going to keep doing it. Mm. And so from then on I just kept writing. And, and, yeah, there was a lot of sad stuff that I was writing about, but then I was sort of trying different things to write about and I was like I actually love doing this. Mm. This is awesome. And then it just carried on. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, great question. Well, this is from uh, a friend of yours, uh, Mason DeWitt. He goes... Here we go. What? It's true he was living his best days in the NT with the boys. Is that true? Is that a question? Is that yeah, it's it got a statement? question mark. It says... Oh. Yeah. It, what's it? What spelling error is there? Yeah. I think that's supposed to be was. For a school teacher. Yeah. He come on, Mace. There's oh. a tongue emoji too, which is never a good sign. <laughs> Maybe we just bypass. I would say that's was it true? Yeah. So we went to the NT together to play footy. Um, We went up to play for the Tiwi Bombers, and that was during COVID, and we got away, and it was just it was unreal. Good time. Was completely open. There was no rules or restrictions or anything like that. It was just all steams ahead. So absolutely loved it. And yeah, me and him lived together for for a little bit over there. He was he's a bit of a mess. (laughs) <laughs> he's doing great things at the moment we've got yeah, to say he um, he's doing great he's a legend Sienna f- underscore Sienna Foran she's written a, th- a few but we'll just give you one who is your best friend on The Voice mm. I would have to be Robbie Dolan mm-hmm. easily second yeah, shout out for the great man yeah he, he is a great man and I'm still chat to him so he's doing doing good things as well mm. yeah. that's a good one too. and then uh, from Mikey Bednarak is there going to be more ballads or up-tempo songs in your new al- album um, yeah, so there will definitely be um, a mix of more sort of up-tempo stuff, you know, similar to Sad Summer, and then there'll be some pretty sad ballads as well to come, um, oh, for oh, sure. Oh, those going through heartbreaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's definitely some, some sad ones, and I love singing those ones because as much as I love the upbeat ones, it's like, you know, even from the show, it's like I realise that people love my connection to songs and, and that raspiness of the of, of my voice. So it's like I can't really show that off too much in the in the fun, happy ones, upbeat ones. They're mm. more just for the vibe of the song, not necessarily like, wow, he's got great vocals or he's a great singer. Whereas the ballads, it's like I can proper go yeah. for it, give it a bit, and, and it's more like, holy, holy moly. Mm. So, yeah, there'll be more of that for Love sure. Love it. And we might make this the last one. Archive. What was Rita like as a coach? I think that's a Rita fan, fan, page. fan page. But what was Rita like as a coach? Yeah, she was she was great. It's funny you put these people on on a pedestal and you you sort of forget that they're real people. 
but you know the few times early days that you interacted with them you're like wow like mm. these coaches that you just see on tv and you just see in the in the spotlight like they're normal people with normal lives and they're just down to earth people yeah. and Rita was one of those she was she was an absolute legend she came to one of our sort of rehearsals in like a pajamas with slippers on drinking a cup of tea and it was just like no makeup and it's like this is cool yeah like, you know it's just completely raw and like you're not seeing that sort of filtered version of them you're just seeing them completely and normal as shows, normal people shows they, ge- they genuinely care about your development too 100 it's not just for the show yeah, hundred percent. And it's like it's it's weird. Like I feel like you do it for like school teachers when you're younger as well. You forget that they're normal people, and you just think that yeah. they're your teacher. When you and run into the McColls, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or like you know, if you if you happen to see them out drinking a beer, you're like, oh my god, that's my yeah. teacher drinking a beer, and you're like, well, they're an adult. They're allowed to go out <laughs> to the bar and have a drink. So it's kind of that realization, and then you sort of they have the same stresses and the same, they, they get nervous for performances and it just makes you feel a lot better with yourself because you're like, well, they're an international pop star and they're feeling nervous and, and they've got these worries. It's like, absolutely, I'm allowed to have them as well then, you know, and mm. it just makes you feel better about the whole situation and, and sort of sometimes you can feel like you're so far away from that and that, you, you know, you've got so much work to do to get there but then you, you have these moments and you're like, I'm not, I'm not that far away at all. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome. They've just had a little bit more experience, a little bit more time to perfect what they're doing. For sure. Um, so yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool moment. Do you stay in touch with them post show on the? No, no, I think you. You probably could. I mean, someone like Rita, it's it's pretty hard because yeah. she's a super busy person, and and you know she's obviously got so much going on. So I haven't been in touch with her. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not necessarily going out and. Sure. Trying to talk to her. Yeah. If for whatever reason there was something that I thought could be beneficial talking to her, I'd, I'd, I'd do it. But it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be able to do a duet with her and, and get a song released yeah. with Rita Aurora. So it's like I've got to work my way up to, to get yeah. to that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> well, mate, it's been over an hour, so I reckon we better call it yeah. because uh, we've got to let you go. But we just wanted to say just... How, how cool was this? Amazing. Like, you Unbelievable. Know, very, very lucky to have you here with us. And, and we, we honestly, genuinely appreciate it so much. Yeah, so thanks, definitely. Lockie, for making the time and thanks, making it happen. And, you know, well done. Congratulations on, yeah. on what you've done and all the hard work you've you've put in. We know, like what you said, so just getting started. We know you're going to be doing amazing things. So we can't wait to watch. Appreciate it, boys. Awesome. Thanks, for me thanks mate. Thanks, boys. D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode. 